Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the On the Banks podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glenn, and this is episode 20 of the On the Banks podcast. Crazy to think that we are already 20 episodes through, but we are, and I promise you that episode 20 is going to be a good one. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11, and of course, you can follow On The Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. If you want to listen to any of our previous episodes, you can find them on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Just search On The Banks Podcast. You can find them on SoundCloud. Just search OTB underscore SB Nation. And of course, you can find all of our episodes at onthebanks.com. We are right in the thick of things with fall sports and winter sports begin in a few weeks. For all the coverage of every record sport, make sure to go to onthebanks.com. Before we get to this episode's guest, I want to just give Rutgers fans an update on two programs, the women's soccer team and the field hockey team, that begin Big Ten tournament play on Sunday. First and foremost, both teams could and really should make the NCAA tournaments in their respective sports, and both can make serious runs in them. The women's soccer team opens up Big Ten tournament play at your sack field against Minnesota, a team they beat earlier this year 2-1 at home in Piscataway. Let me remind you, though, that if they do win and move on to the semifinals and finals of the Big Ten tournament, those games will be on a neutral site in Westfield, Indiana. The field hockey team had a big win to end their regular season and to end Big Ten play for them, shutting out then-seventh-ranked Iowa here in Piscataway. The Scarlet Knights and head coach Meredith Civico will try to ride that momentum into Columbus for their Big Ten tournament first-round game against the Ohio State Buckeyes. And let me remind you, Rutgers lost to Ohio State 4-3 to this year in a shootout nonetheless here in New Jersey. Ohio State and Rutgers are two very evenly matched teams, and the Scarlet Knights, they have an opportunity, an opportunity to move on to the next round. Of course, we want to wish both the women's soccer team and the field hockey team good luck in their first round games. I am very excited for this episode's guest. I will be joined by former Rutgers baseball star and current New York Mets third baseman Todd Frazier. Todd is one of the most, if not the most, successful baseball players to ever play for the Scarlet Knights. From 2005 to 2007, he really rewrote the Rutgers baseball record books. He was picked by the Cincinnati Reds 34th overall back in 2007 and made his debut for the club on May 23, 2011 as a pinch hitter against the Philadelphia Phillies. Of course, his career has been well chronicled, especially since he has spent the last few years in New York playing for both the Yankees and now currently the Mets. 
Looking back at his career on the banks, you know, nobody forgets 2007 when Todd led the Scarlet Knights to the Big East tournament title when they marched through Notre Dame and Louisville and then beat UConn 7-6 in the title game. Looking at the record books, his name is all over. To name a few, he holds the Rutgers single-season doubles record, the single-season and career runs record, the single-season and career home run record, the single-season walks, the single-season total bases record, and adding to that, he helped lead a Rutgers team in 2007 that finished tied for the most wins in program history with 42 on the season. Todd was a consensus All-American in 2007, the Big East Player of the Year in that same season, and most importantly, he was a leader for the Scarlet Knights and a first-class individual during his time here on the banks. Time to talk to the players. Here's your host, Lance Glenn. He was a Scarlet Knight from 2005 to 2007, an All-American and Big East Player of the Year in 2007. He helped lead Rutgers to the Big East Tournament title that same season, and he is currently the third baseman for the New York Mets. I'm now pleased to be joined by Todd Frazier. Todd, how are you? Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm great as well. You know, before we talk about your career at Rutgers, I kind of want to talk about your path to Piscataway. You know, you're Jersey-born. You know, you won a 1998 Little League World Series title with Thomas River. Uh, Your brother played here at Rutgers as well. Why was Rutgers the right choice for you to play college baseball? Yeah, man, I I had a bunch of choices, to be honest with you. It's funny you bring that up. I was going through uh, some old boxes uh, the other day, so a lot of colleges that I was looking at. But, you know, it it came down to one thing, and that was coaching, and Fred Hill was the best. And, uh, you know, the way he went about it, Glenn Gardner, one of the best hitting coaches I've ever had. He never tried changing much. He told me to be me, and uh, we tweaked a couple things. But, um, you know, the camaraderie, guys are, are, that are from Jersey, I love the best. We go out there, we play, you know, we play the best baseball we can. Uh, we want people leaving that game saying they were in a dogfight, and that's what we do. And I knew that's what I'd get when I go to Rutgers. And not only that, it's a, it's a great school academic-wise as well. You know, you mentioned Fred Hill, and you played for him during your time here. Everyone is aware of all his accomplishments, you know, baseball fans, college baseball fans, Rutgers baseball fans, everyone. And he did so much for so many people, both on and off the field. What is your relationship like now with Coach Hill? How did he and the coaching staff, and you mentioned Glenn Gardner as well, how did they influence you and help you grow as a player on the field and as a person off the field? Yeah, I mean, thinking of it now, I mean, we talk all the time. He's a close friend of mine. Uh, He's a great man. Uh, I know he's getting older, but he still calls all the time. And hey, hey, Moose, you know, he calls everybody Moose. And uh, he's, he's wondering why I swung at that. What, what, <laughs> first thing is always, hey, what you swing at that for? Then the next thing was, you know, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, are they treating you right? He's always worried about if they're treating me right. And that's just a guy that cares about, you know, not only me, but the game of baseball. And uh, he's made me uh, into the professional I am today. So, uh at the end of the day, um, you know, I thank him every day, and he's a really, really good friend of mine. You know, before you got to Rutgers, your brother Jeff had quite the career here. He had a stint in the majors as well back in 2010. How did he influence your growth as a player? You guys are obviously both very talented. Were there ever any fights, you know, where, you know, I'm better than you, no, I'm better than you as, as kids? Were there any, was that brotherly rivalry there to see kind of who's the better player? No, not at all. I mean, we every once in a while we're busting each other's chops, but we always wanted to make each other better. We always wanted to uh, – I always wanted to be better than him. I mean, let's not get it wrong. I always tried to be like him, and then um, at the end of the day I tried, you know, I tried being like not only Jeff but all my brother Charlie and, you know, being the best 
you know, athlete in the family. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, I think I, I've gotten there. And uh, I don't know if they would tell you that, honestly, but uh, it's been it's been one heck of a ride. And I thank them every day because of, uh, you know, they always gave me goals to set. They always had the records. And then eventually I ended up breaking them. And, um, you know, I, I thank them every day. Pat, I want to talk about the 2007 season. And before we get to you personally, you know, you and your teammates accomplished so much for the university winning the Big East tournament title and for the baseball program really as a whole. How much fun was that season? And what do you remember about that tournament run that made your team so great? Yeah, I mean, we had some really, really fun games we were involved in. I remember we were talking about it yesterday at the alumni game. Uh, we beat Connecticut uh, two games straight. And then the third game, we're down 10-2. With two innings left, we ended up batting around the lineup in the ninth inning and then uh, eventually ended up winning the game. I hit a walk-off home run, and there's that iconic picture of me jumping on the home plate and everybody waiting to, uh, you know, go crazy. And for me, it was, it was a spectacular moment. Um, and then we went on the Big East and just tore it up, man. That was the first year we really came together and um, – really had one of the most it was really one of the fun years i've had playing the game of baseball you won big east player of the year in 2007 you were an all-american that season as well todd what kind of clicked for you that year you know you had great seasons before in 2005 and 2006 but what made ultimately 2007 so special for you uh, for me uh god I, I at the end of the day i think you know they put me at the leadoff hitter i think that was the biggest part so i get up and get more bats um, I mean, the special part of it was we were just clicking on all cylinders right from the get-go. Um, you know, we put up a lot of runs. We knew what we had. You know, we knew the year before that we were, we were coming into, you know, being more, uh, you know, more. we had more talent coming. We had leadership. We had guys that have been there before, and uh, we knew we had a chance to win the Big East, and uh, we showed it when we went down south. Whenever we go down south and take care of business and win a couple more games than we should, we understand uh, it's going to be a fun year. So you were drafted in 2007, you know, 34th overall by the Reds. You made your debut in 2011. When you were drafted and when you made your debut a few years later, what were those moments like? Were they those moments where you just kind of needed to pinch yourself just to make sure you weren't dreaming? Every day. Every day I did, man. It was, uh, <laughs> it was something where, for me, uh, it, I tell everybody this, when you have a dream, and your dream comes true, there really isn't nothing better than that because, you know, that's what you set your sights on. And, you know, I, I, was, I did a camp yesterday with my brother, and I tell these kids, I said, in baseball, there's a couple things you, you can you can always count on. You're going to fail. I tell them all the time. I go, I go you, the one thing about failure, you know, never expect failure, but ex you got to accept it because this is a sport unlike any other. Only the strong survive. You're going to fail more than you succeed, and you could be a Hall of Famer in your sport failing more than you succeed. Isn't that something crazy? It's just unbelievable to think about that people need to understand that when you accept failure and never expect it, you know, in the game of baseball, you're going to be all right. I think you're 100% right. I mean, you know, you look at baseball as a whole, and you mentioned it. You know, Hall of Famers, you know, what do they bat around, you know, three. 2330 it's great that you know you said it you can fail at a sport you know seven out of ten times and in, in a sport like baseball you're considered a a fantastic all-star player if, if you bat 300 every year yeah it's unbelievable I think what pete rose really did uh you know joe morgan's uh you know just to name a few and uh 
batting over 300 every year. It's, it's spectacular to think. And, you know, if somebody's never heard of the game of baseball before in their life and they're like, oh, they only did good 30% of the time, isn't that not good? And eventually, uh, you know, they'll understand that that's actually really, really good. So looking at your career the past few years, you know, you were traded to the Yankees and you guys obviously went on that exciting run to Game 7 of the ALCS. And then you signed a multi-year deal to stay in New York and play for the Mets. How exciting is it for you and your family to, you know, come back close to home, play for local teams, and to be near where you grew up as a baseball player? Yeah, I, I think that's the best part of it. I play for both teams, and I get to play for the Mets again this year. Um, I, I didn't think in my wildest dreams I'd play for the Yankees or the Mets, and uh, for that to happen was, was special. My family and friends uh, couldn't be more excited about it. Uh, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from uh, where I live, and uh, personally, you know, my family gets to see me a lot more, and uh, it was awesome. And, and you know, I want to ask about that, you know, run to the ALCS that you had with the Yankees. You know, that was a team going into obviously that 2017 season that was very young, not expected to do much. They, they, they really, you know, overachieved those expectations. They bring you in along with David Robertson and Tommy Canley. And you guys go on this run to obviously Game Seven uh, against the Astros. How much fun was that run to you know get so close? And how much more motivation did that give you to to get you know a game within that ultimate goal? And now to kind of push you the rest of the way, the rest of your career. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, that was one. Of, that was one of the funner times I had playing the game of baseball. Uh, one went away from going to the World Series. Uh, now you look back, a lot of coulda, shoulda, wouldas. You know, Joe Girardi was an awesome manager. Uh, you know, he'll be an awesome manager somewhere else, too, once he gets the job. Um, it was a lot of fun, you know, kind of revived uh, New York and the Bronx there a little bit. I had a lot of people coming up and telling me that, you know, the old Yankee Stadium vibe is back. And, um, you know, it was just really thrilling for me. And uh, a lot of people back here in Jersey were really excited because most of them are Yankee fans anyway. So uh, <laughs> it, it made for some uh, some good stories and people coming up to you saying thank you. And even though we didn't win it, so it, it was really nice. And now, you know, you play for the Mets. I just want to ask you, you know, Jacob DeGrom, I think he's going to win the Cy Young this year. What is it like when he's on the mound, you know, playing behind him? How much confidence in you have? Uh, do you have that, you know, he's just going to go out there and, and most of the time give you at least seven scoreless innings? Yeah, yeah uh, all the confidence in the world. It's, uh, I tell everybody, he's the best I've played behind. He's a guy that is not deterred by anything, even though we didn't really give him the run support he needed. But, um, God, he, he had one of the most, you know, top five seasons ever in the game of baseball. Think about that. You know, top five ever over 100-some-odd years of playing this great game of baseball. Uh, if he doesn't win that Cy Young, it'll be a travesty. He, um, yeah, he, he'll he be uh, – it'll be something that he's going to look back on and say, you know what, we had a bad year, but we played for something. We played for him, and you got to play for something during the, during the season. You know, if all things go wrong, and um, he'll definitely win that. Now, it's interesting because, of course, you obviously play third base in the majors. But if fans remember correctly, you played shortstop back at Rutgers. What is this difficult for you uh, moving to third base? What was it like having to switch uh, from shortstop over to the hot corner? Uh, it was great. I didn't mind it at all. Uh, the only trouble I had was when I played second base a little bit. You know, first base was great. But, uh, you know, third third base is that one thing, hop, skip, and a jump, you know, basically one step and dive and uh, – for me, um, you know, I, I welcomed it with open arms. I learned Scott Rowland a lot. 
David Wright. You know, I played with some really, really good third baseman in my career. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to help some young guys along the way, too, as well, especially shortstops with Ahmad Rosario. He's a guy that uh, is really good defensively, and he's working on some stuff. And, uh, you know, we're going to be pretty good defensively next year, too, as well. And, you know, look, you're obviously, uh, you played here at Rutgers. You made it to the to the major leagues. Uh, other guys, someone like Pat Kivlihan also played here at Rutgers, made it to the major leagues. Uh, someone like Jawan Harris just got drafted uh, and is now, I believe, in the Padres system. How cool is it for you to, you know, play some of these games, especially if you go against a team like the Reds with Pat Kivlihan uh, when he was on the team? How exciting is it for you to, to play fellow Rutgers alumni and to see the success that they're having as well? Oh, it was great. It was great, man. Uh me and Pat, we actually know each other for a long time now. And then Harris, uh, he was there at the alumni game, just couldn't play. Uh, he, uh, we got we got some up and coming good guys coming in this game, man. And uh, the more Rutgers guys we can get into the major leagues, the better because we're hard nosed. We play the game the right way, and uh, you know we're gonna give it our all out there. You know, win, lose, or draw. So, uh, like I said, saw a bunch of guys. Brian O'Grady, another one that had a really, really good year, should have been up in the big leagues. Unfortunate. That's the way the business goes. It's one of the worst businesses in the world, to be honest with you. You know, when it comes to that stuff. But um, you know, next year is going to be his year and everybody else. So, more the merrier. And uh, you know, looking at the team this year when we played against them, there's a couple of guys that really stood out, and I'm I'm hoping for a really good year from them. So, Todd, before we get to the last couple questions, I want to ask you about what's going on in Major League Baseball right now. Obviously, the Red Sox and the Dodgers—they're going to meet in the World Series. You played both these teams throughout your career. You know, went up against some of the players on both squads. Do you have any thoughts on Boston and LA? You know, any predictions? What you think might happen? What you foresee uh, happening in this World Series? Oh yeah, man, it's it's going to be really good. I think it starts tomorrow, right? I believe so. I believe so. All right, good. Uh, in Boston, it might be a call. It might be actually tomorrow might be the warmest night they get. So <laughs> I think uh, I think home field advantage will be a big part. I think uh, Chris Sale's going to have spectacular uh, World Series. He's been he's been waiting for this all his life. Um, you know, I know a bunch of guys on both teams. It's going to be a really good series. Uh, it's a coin flip, man. But you know, I think if I got to go with one team, I got to go with home field advantage, and I go with the Red Sox just because of that. Because they're both talented, and uh, you know, now you know now's the fun part. Don't let the strong divide, baby. So we'll see uh, we'll see how it plays before. I think Mookie Betts is going to be the MVP, and he's going to have a, a spectacular World Series. You know, Todd, a couple more before we let you go. I want to step in uh, away from baseball entirely and just look at your time as a student here at Rutgers. You know, I lived on Livingston campus my freshman year. I moved to College Ave the other three years. I made a ton of memories here, as I'm sure you did and, and all alumni do. Away from baseball, what is your favorite Rutgers memory? What's the one thing you remember about, you know, school, campus, hell, even class that you remember that, you know, what is your favorite memory? What is something that you remember just so fondly from your time here at Rutgers? I, I think it would have to be the, the, the fat sandwiches. That's <laughs> number one, man. I'm a big food guy. Um, you know, I remember when I when I was in a rut, I'd walk down to the grease trucks, you know, when they were there and just dominate, you know. I think it was called a fat beach, you know, at the time, or a fat barrel. Those sandwiches were unbelievable. I know they still have them at some places over there. Whenever I go there, I always have to get one. Um, those are those. Are, that's number one. I mean, school was tough, but uh, you know, you know, where I, I was living with all the baseball players. I mean, the nightlife was great, and um, you know, it's just a chill kind of place. You know, at the end of the day. And, and I'm sure you know. Look, the Rutgers. 
looking at athletics as a whole, the athletic program is different than obviously when you played here. What's your thoughts on, you know, the current administration, you know, Pat Hobbs, obviously Joe Leterio as the baseball coach. What's your thoughts on the people kind of running the athletic department now? Yeah, I love it. Uh, Pat Hobbs, I, I think, is the right man for the job. He's a good friend of mine as well. He's been working his butt off. He's raised millions and millions of dollars so far for, the, for, for Rutgers. And, um, you know, basically, guys are limited there, man. I mean, it's really something um, that, you know, all you, you look on uh, Livingston campus, all the new stuff that's going on. You know, it's, it's state university. So at the end of the day, this is basically – you know, something that needs to be the best. Whenever you walk there, you're like, oh, man, that's, you know, that school is where it's at. And I think people need to understand that. And how great would you have loved it uh, if, you know, when you were playing here that the Fred Hill Training Complex would have been here? I mean, I've seen oh, that, that, that huge awesome. bubble. That that place that's is amazing. Awesome. It's amazing. It's something in a step, you know, not only for baseball, but for softball, too, as well. It's a big step for us competing in the Big Ten and uh, awesome. Very, very exciting. So last one, Todd, you know, I believe it was about a week ago, you, you returned to Baton Field, you took part in the alumni game, you, you got to see some old teammates, you, you saw other Rutgers baseball alumni, former coaches, and of course got to play against the current team. Two-part question, how much fun was it to return to Rutgers a week ago, and you played against the current team in that game. What are your thoughts on, on Joe Letario's squad with the season starting in the spring? It was great. I know we didn't have as much alumni, you know, because it was kind of a late notice, but, um, Really, it was awesome time for us. I think we put up seven runs, man, because, uh, you know, we weren't trying to take a light. We, had, we got a couple of big leaguers over there. So, uh, you know, I was three for three with a couple of doubles, and I, I told these guys, I said, listen, we're coming strong. So I let off the game with a double. <laughs> uh, I got into a bad, you know, I made a bad base running mistake. You know, we didn't get any of that inning, but um, it was a lot of fun. And looking at this team this year, they look great. You know, we didn't see their, their top dogs, but at the end of the day, they can hit. They got some guys that are, are, are ready to go. And uh, for me, uh, I can't wait to see what they do against Miami first game of the year because I know Miami's a pretty good team. But, you know, when we when they get down there, they're going to be exciting. And you mentioned, you know, you go down to the south and win a couple games more than you're supposed to. That could really be the catalyst for a very successful season. 100%. Right. 100%. Third baseman for the New York Mets, a Rutgers legend, and a great ambassador for the baseball program in Rutgers University. Todd, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for coming on the podcast. We all look forward to uh, to seeing your success going forward. All right. Thanks for talking. Thank you. It was such a pleasure talking to Todd Frazier about his path to Rutgers, his career here, his time in the majors, and, of course, so much more. One thing that really stood out to me was his relationship with his head coach here, Fred Hill. He mentioned in the interview that he and Coach Hill, they still talk all the time and, and that they are good friends. You know, Coach always asks him, as Todd said, if he's being treated well and like any coach, why he swung at the pitch that he did. You know, I think that says so much about Fred Hill and so much about Todd Frazier. For Fred Hill, it shows just how much he connected with his players and how much he cared for them, both as players and as individuals. It showed, obviously, in the success that he had here at Rutgers that he had such a great bond with everyone who played for him. And for Todd, you know, it shows that he does not forget where he comes from and he does not forget his New Jersey baseball roots. You know, so often athletes make it big, and sure, they'll donate here and there to the schools they attended, but that's really it. Todd is still connected with his former coach, still connected with other Rutgers alumni like someone such as Pat Kivlahan, and is still connected to Rutgers University as a whole. 
He mentioned that he has a great relationship with Pat Hobbs, among other people in the university and especially in the athletic department. He is someone who is a great ambassador for the baseball program, the athletic department, and the school as a whole, and is someone who really cares about his Rutgers roots. He came to the rack for a basketball game last season, played in the alumni game a week ago. He really treasures returning to Piscataway. Once again, I want to thank Todd for coming on the episode and giving me some time to talk to him about his career. He loves fat sandwiches, just as I'm sure really we all do, and he loves what Rutgers provided him. Just as it does for all student-athletes, it provided him a place to thrive academically and athletically and helped him grow both on and off the field as an athlete, a student, and a Scarlet Knight. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation, and make sure to find all of our episodes at Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.